Welcome y bienvenidos to About Consent, the podcast that sparks conversations about creating consent culture, boundary repair, sexual empowerment, orgasm equality, and raising a new sexually conscious and consent-empowered generation. This is a safe, shame-free, judgment-free zone where both survivors and those who support survivors are welcome. I'm your host, Rosalia Rivera. This episode is brought to you by Consentware, an apparel brand with the goal of creating consent culture for kids, teens, and adults. Moms can wear a canvas tote or a t-shirt that says, in our home, we teach and practice consent. Or kids can go to school with a shirt that says, hashtag my body, my rules, I'm a consent empowered kid. Or preschoolers can wear a t-shirt that says, no hugs, kisses, or tickles without consent to the next family gathering. These are clothes that make a statement to help them set boundaries and create a culture of consent wherever they go. Learn more at consentware.com to check out all the most popular designs today. Link is in the show notes. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, this one was for the books. This is just an amazing episode. I had so much fun chatting with Christine Gutierrez, who is my guest today. And I know you're going to love her. If you haven't heard of her already, maybe you know her by Cosmic Christine. Um, But I think that if you haven't heard of her already, you're in for a magical treat. Uh, Let me just give you a quick intro of who she is, and we'll dive into the episode because I don't want to waste time uh, with my intro. I just want you to dive in. So Christine Gutierrez is a Latina licensed psychotherapist, life coach, and expert in love addiction, trauma, abuse, and self-esteem. Gutierrez is also the author of the number one best-selling book, I Am Diosa, A Journey to Healing Deep, Loving Yourself, and Coming Back Home to Soul. Christine is also the co-founder of the Soul Book Masterclass, where she helps people find their soul's voice and turn it into a book. She has a bachelor's degree from Fordham University in human behavior and development and a master's degree from City College of New York in mental health counseling with a focus on community and prevention. Through her work, Christine offers private coaching, group coaching, and transformational retreats, such as her annual Diosa retreat in Puerto Rico, and as well as the Diosa tribe, a global community where like-hearted women come to heal, rise, and lead. She has been featured in Time Out New York, Latina Magazine, Yahoo Health, Ebony, Cosmo for Latinas, Huffington Post, and others. Christine currently resides in Puerto Rico with her husband, Fernando Samalot, and their pup, Bodhi. For more on her work, visit christineg.tv and follow her on Instagram at Cosmic Christine, which of course will all be linked in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. Now, without further ado and further introduction, here is the amazing interview with the magical Christine Gutierrez. Welcome, Christine. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so thrilled to have you on. And I also want to say before anything, congratulations on your pregnancy with baby Mar. Thank Um, you. That's such a wonderful blessing. So congratulations on that. And thank you for being here. Yeah, so we're so pumped. 
I can imagine. I remember what it was like with my with my first. I I have three little ones, so nice. um, yeah. So I, I remember the magic of that first uh, pregnancy. They were all magical. I shouldn't say that. My my children in the future will hear this and be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's different. It's like the first time that is happening to you. Yeah, so, it's yeah. just a brand new experience. So I wanted to start be, uh, by just saying I have been following your work. Um, for over two years now, I think it was. And I've been, you know, fascinated by like your retreats and the way that you help women heal, um, particularly those who have had sexual trauma. You know, that's um, obviously my area of focus is, is supporting those. Um, and I love that, you know, obviously you have a foundation in psychology, um, but you took it to the next level. You know, I think that like with your framework that you created and the realness of you and how you show up, you know, for your work, um, that I knew I needed to read your book. So I got your book and I just have to say, wow, you know, I, I just, I loved it. I, I realized that I needed to have you on the podcast because, um, you know, Western culture has always centered um, healing from trauma as a brain wound, you know, like let's work on the brain. And then obviously I think in the last few years, um, somatic work has really started to become more like people have become aware of it. Yeah. Um, and that's great because, you know, working with the nervous system and incorporating that. So that's mind and body. But I always felt that there was still something else missing. And I love that, again, you took it to that next step and you said, we need to talk about soul healing as well and yeah. soul work. And so that has really resonated with me because I'm also on a very new spiritual path. Um, for those that don't know, um, I grew up Catholic. I ended up rejecting my religion when I, um, you know, moved out of my home and really just wanted to look at the world as like, we're just on this earth. This is the plane. This is it, you know, yeah. and everything was like very fact-based and scientific. Um, and as I've grown and, um, you know, now that I have my own children, like really stepping into a spiritual journey for the last probably about six years, um, where I've started really looking at that as, as part of the work that I've needed to do in my own healing journey. And part of what has helped me really feel like I am starting to thrive, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, looking at what you're doing and, and, and I love how you started to dig into how to tap into that divine power, right? And how, do, how can we reclaim it? Because I think a lot of people don't, either don't know that they have it or they feel like it was stolen or taken away and they can't find it. Like it's, it's like somebody else took it but they don't realize that it's actually inside. And so that's what I just absolutely loved about your book. It really resonated. So I'm so excited to talk to you about it and, um, and how it, you know, the book I think can help anyone who identifies with the divine feminine um, to find their own path of healing through it. Yeah. So let's start with your why. Why did you write this book and who is it for? Yeah, so I, you know, I love the work that you're doing. And, and this is, you know, we're all called to do this, soul work right or this 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 calling that we all have and sometimes unfortunately it comes through dark experiences right like was the case in your case in my case and so you know my first why has always been going through my own kind of abuse and um in my case it was verbal um physical and emotional mental i think they they were all together and really realizing that i had to go on a journey to reclaim my worth and my self-esteem and I knew that, you know, I wanted to go to therapy. And I also knew that it wasn't enough. I needed that deeper layer of healing. I needed that somatic work. I needed that soul healing. And so 
my own journey inspired me to dedicate my life to studying, right? I went to school to become a licensed therapist. And then in addition to that, I went on my spiritual journey where I became and stepped into my role as a healer and as a facilitator of, of sisterhood and of this Diosa community, as I call it, and really combining this modern therapy with ancient wisdom and really speaking to the need for how can we empower specifically Latina women, women of color, and all women that have gone through trauma. How can we create safe spaces? Because I didn't find them. I didn't see them. I didn't have representation at the time in the personal development market um, that I felt was missing. And so I became that voice for those missing spaces. And then I created um, the this this world, right? This community of like-hearted women that gather to heal, that 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 connect and share their pain and are loved through their experience of this is what I went through, this is my hardships, and that they're not judged and that they're not seen as you know broken or or um, you know that they don't have to carry that shame anymore because they are not alone. And really seeing that and feeling that was really the intention behind everything. The intention behind creating the book, I Am Diosa, a journey to healing deep, loving yourself and coming back home to soul was exactly that, right? To help people to heal deep, to help them to learn to love themselves, to help them to connect to their soul. And most importantly, to have them feel less alone. Um, mm -hmm. I like to say that I teach at a sisterhood level and I, I like feeling that we're in on this together and throughout the book and in anything that I do, whether it's a retreat or whether it's a group coaching program or a mentorship, I'm always there with people, holding them and really nurturing them and giving them the space for them to untangle whatever webs of pain that they have and really um, give themselves that nurturance that they need and that, that kind of cocoon of protection that maybe they didn't have and to have this experience of, of healing, right? Of, of restoration, of rejuvenation, of remembering their worthiness. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then of course, specifically um, who it's for is, is for those people that have gone through that experience and specifically women, um, Latina women, women of color. I've always been called to work within this community. And it's, it's been the thing that brings me most joy, probably because it's my own culture and it's also what I saw was so desperately missing in this wellness market. Yes. Um, you know, 10 years ago when I started doing this work, there were very few, if not none, uh, uh, spiritual teachers in the mainstream market, right? Because we were always doing healing work. We always had the curanderas, the card readers, the, you know, the people there, but they weren't getting the book deals. They weren't seen on TV. Right. And so I wanted to, to change that. I didn't want to see any of us having to be forced to buy books from only white women in the spiritual market that maybe they didn't share the same experiences. Um, you know, for me, representation matters. So that was a huge key in, in who I serve and why I serve and, and really the passion and fuel behind everything I do is yeah. that. Yeah. Oh. Okay. There's so much to unpack just from that. <laughs> so let's, let's rewind a little bit. Cause you said something that I think is so critical, you know, and this is one of the reasons I really uh, was attracted to the retreats that you do and the community that you built, because I think when someone goes through a trauma, particularly if it's childhood trauma, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. There is just a lot of inherent shame that they bring with them throughout their life. And that unfortunately becomes a barrier for them to talk to other people about it and they can't find community and it makes them feel even more alone. And it just is like a, a, a negative cycle that just compounds itself. And so to have safe spaces and specifically even, um, you know, where it's trauma safe spaces, right? Where it's not um, necessarily something, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people who say, you know, I, I went to uh, a church and I, you know, found God and then, you know, but they're, st they're still struggling with addiction or they're still struggling with all these things. Unfortunately, and this is, this is absolutely not to um, shame religion, because I think there is a, a space and place for that. But there is a lot of um, shame that's built into it as well of those who have experienced, um, you know, these kinds of things. And like you said, they may feel like they're broken or they may feel like yeah. they're damaged and uh, they, they keep feeling like they have to become worthy of the, the religion or they have to become worthy of the space that they're in. Um, whereas you're creating a space that says you're worthy, welcome, you know, and I just love that that was um, part of what you saw was the need, you know, what was needed in a space for women who are, who have gone through those kinds of um, experiences. So I, I love that. And I can see how that ended up being like, let's, let's make this information accessible to everyone and putting it in a book format, you know, to, to be able to do that, because there are people who, you know, yeah, I unfortunately can't either go to therapy or are afraid to go to therapy, even if they could, you know, I've spoken to so many survivors who are afraid to open up, but to have a tool like this gives them that other, you know, another way to step into that healing journey. And I think our healing journeys, you know, as I'm sure, you know, are not linear and they can come in the most unexpected ways. Um, we tend to think that it's like this one way of going to therapy and that's going to be it. But there's, you yeah. know, like you said, the curanderas and the card readers and like, you know, different ways that we don't normally see because culture doesn't really show that. So I love that you're bringing that into the lexicon, um, you know, particularly in the Latino community. So that's amazing. Um, yeah, and then we, gotta, we have to decolonize, you know, we have to decolonize our idea of therapy, right? Yeah. Like, uh, Western therapy is not the only therapy, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and so we've seen other forms of healing as less scientific and therefore less valid and not as more, not as useful. And if it doesn't have this research study that, um, you know, then it's not valid. And mm -hmm. what we end up seeing is that, you know, many ancient wisdoms um, carry, whether it's from yogic philosophies from India or from Africa or, um, you know, medicine women that are from indigenous cultures, the Tainos, um, et cetera, right? That, they end up proving years later something that they knew centuries ago, right? Yeah. And so I'm not gonna wait for the studies to come out and I don't believe we need to. We see results in the clients we work with, period, right? And so yeah. um, really allowing people to feel good that there's different forms of therapy, art yeah. therapy, movement, healing, prayer, meditation, breath work, and yes, speaking to someone, but who you speak to also matters. and a lot of therapists are trained on a very mundane level. They're not trained to see through the eyes of soul. They're not trained to access someone's energy body. They're not trained to really help in these deeper levels that particularly people with trauma need. And so yeah. we, we see that there's a missing link. And it's also been um, 
you know, guided by the patriarchy. A lot of yeah. this, you know, um, way of, of training professionals mm -hmm. to go into these spaces is just from a very patriarchal lens as well. So I, I completely agree. Um, can you elaborate? Because, you know, I love the title of your book and I love, you know, I think that was one of the things that really like caught my attention right away was, you know, healing deep, loving yourself, coming back home to soul. Um, and I am Diosa, you know, I like that just like, it gives me goosebumps every time I say it. Can you elaborate on, you know, because let me just start by saying this. I feel that the Diosa, the goddess is, is really like the North Star to becoming a thriver, right? Yes. And I think we all have the ability to be thrivers despite the amount of trauma that we have survived. I think there's yes. a, a misnomer that like, oh, you know, I went through so much, there's no way. I always, always wanna remind people that you have survived 100% of your hardest days, which yes. means that you have the ability to thrive. So I just wanna remind everyone who's listening of that first. Um, so can you elaborate on what your definition of a diosa, a goddess is? Yeah, so you're absolutely right. And I think that for me, I found, again, I was raised Catholic and I always was drawn to spirituality in whatever form it was. And so I, 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 I liked going to church, but I didn't like the fact that there were only altar boys at the time. And I fought for there to be altar girls, even though I didn't want to be an altar girl. I just wanted them to have the option, right? Um, <laughs> it did like a little protest. I, I, I was very outspoken. And I remember, um, you know, praying the Our Father and getting so upset that there wasn't like enough girls in Catholic religion. I was just upset about it. And I was, you know, I don't know how old. I was definitely young, like 9, 10, 11, around that age. And I was in the room and I decided that I was only going to do Hail Marys. And I was no longer going to do Our Fathers. I was like going on a strike. And no one knew about it. It was just me and God. And I was like, listen, I had enough Our Fathers too much guys, Jesus, this, God, that. I was like, I'm going to just do Hail Marys. So I was very strict and I only did my Hail Marys. And, and, I, and I always prayed. I, I, again, I had this deep knowing that there was something that I was meant to do with spirit. Mm. And so there was a knowing without knowing what that was called, right? And that's the divine feminine that I was feeling was missing. I felt intuitively as a kid that there was a divine feminine missing. And again, when you think about representation matters, mm -hmm. right? And what that does to the subconscious and what that does to your self-esteem and your confidence level. If you do not see the divine archetype that is only masculine and not feminine, then you feel you are not divine. Yeah. Then you feel that only there's only God, the father, right? There's not the goddess, the mother. And yes, we have these images that, you know, Mary Magdalene, and all these stories, but a lot of them are ripped of the actual historical context that we now know was false, right? That, the, that they have these lost stories of Mary Magdalene, who was act, actually a disciple and all of these pieces that were stolen because of the fear of what that would be like, right? So- Yeah, and they become these one-dimensional figures. Yeah, the virgin or the prostitute, right? You can't be both or all. And so, you know, there, there needed to be something that, again, representation matters. So when I was introduced to this concept of La Diosa, the goddess, it changed my world. I did a nine-month priestess training. I was initiated by a Latina woman who was also a licensed therapist, but on her downtime, secretively, underground. She didn't even have a website. She gave um, these classes on embarking on this priestess journey and being reborn. So I did mm. this priestess journey 
um, and I was reborn and I connected with different types of goddesses from different cultures. Um, and we learned about goddesses that were ancient to, you know, um, Yamaya and all these kind of goddesses that were in my own culture as a Latina Puerto Rican woman who um, we also have indigenous roots here on our island, right, with the Tainos. So we got to connect to things that I never heard, stories that were lost, stories mm -hmm. that weren't shared. And when I discovered La Diosa, I remembered, like you, getting chills and coming alive and feeling like, holy shit, this is what I was feeling when I was a little girl. This is what I needed, that I needed to remember that I was divine, that I was mm. part of that. And it gave me the reminder that despite my trauma, despite the pain, despite the abuse because of poor parenting, because of trauma passed down from their parents, right, that I was still divine. And I was divine in the form of a goddess, that I was a piece mm. of that. I was a piece of her. And that this language doesn't belong to just the simple role of gender as we see it, that she is in everything, right? She is in the ground, she's in the water, she's in the air and the fire and the elements. And so that it becomes more than this is about women's empowerment only. It's about a movement of balance between all of us and that belongs to everyone gay, straight, non-binary, men, straight men, straight women. And, and so that was beautiful to me, that it wasn't just about this divine feminine being to women only, although I focus on working with people that identify as women, but that she belonged to everyone. And so meeting her and encountering her and then feeling the power of what that felt like in my body awoke something inside of me and made me remember my worth, made me remember my truth, made me remember that there was something more inside of me and reminded me that I, I, I had this power that went beyond this simple body, that my power was connected to something more. And that when I tapped into her, that she would guide me and she would help me just as we pray to God, right? That this archetype of the goddess of La Diosa would also guide me into being strong as a woman and resting on that like maternal mother, ma energy. And that really changed the game for me. And, um, and I really, it, it set me off on a path of, of knowing that, um, that I never again had to, to feel like I was too broken, right? Mm. Like that, no, like we, we are not. And, and teaching women that I've, I've seen the results with them as well. So that, that was my favorite part was not only learning it, but then getting to share that and having people remember like, oh, this was in me all along because yeah. it's a remembering. We have it in us. We just need to be told it and share the story. And, and that's why people hide stories. They don't, they took things yeah. out of the Bible because it's powerful. It's yeah. powerful. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I just wanted to share, cause you know, in your introduction, you know, and, and I just want to say this book, I feel like is one of those books that millions of women will read and it will be that game changing life altering experience when you read a book and it just shifts your understanding of the world, you know? Um, there's a, a part in your introduction where you say, Adiosa is willing to go deep and heal. Adiosa rises from the ashes time and time again. Adiosa is fierce and loving. Adiosa is connected to her shadow and her light. Adiosa is connected to her soul. And if she isn't, she won't stop until she comes home to her soul again. I mean, that like, I, it, again, chills. Um, I just really loved that it, it really is about reclaiming that power, like you said, that remembering. And when you were talking about that, 
it also made me realize that I think when we have these traumas when we're children and the way that we're raised, the way that we're parented, I talk a lot about parenting, obviously, um, you know, I help parents with this, but I don't think that people realize when we start examining these aspects of ourselves, we examine our own ways that we were raised and how we're passing on this trauma if we don't heal it, right? And yeah. how important that is. Um, whether, you know, I have three self-identified boys, but to me, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to teach them about the goddess, you know, and I'm yeah. not going to teach them about that because it is going to help them understand um, the beauty in all of us, like in each person that they, we, you know, they have the diosa inside themselves as well. Yeah. Um, and so I just really loved that, how you started the book with that. Like, it's so, that was so empowering. It like really made me want to dive into the rest of it. So I just, you know, you, you wrote it so beautifully. So I just wanted to, to point that out for anyone who is considering, you know, maybe picking up this book and any of this has resonated with you so far. And it's, you know, that maybe intuition is telling you this is the book, please order it. And of course, in the show notes, I will point out um, how you can get your hands on it. But I want to move into talking about, you know, this next piece, which, uh, you know, a lot of people have never really thought about, which is the soul wound and, and, and soul traps. Can you talk about those two things and, and what that is and why those matter? Yeah. So for me, soul wounds is just like, you would have any physical wound on your body, except that this wound exists at the soul level. And we can usually discover, right? Um, and kind of go through the timeline of our life and look at any places that we felt that there have been thorns placed where you have bled, where you have been silenced, where your innocence was stolen and you were forced to not be safe, right? Any moments where you were fo forced not to be safe. And for me, I specifically use the language uh, rape for any kind of, you know, I don't believe in molestation. I believe that everything against a child is rape. And I use that language to remind people that it's that serious and that you deserve to honor. Because I've worked with so many women that will use language to diminish their experiences. Mm. Um, and that doesn't give them the freedom of truly knowing what they experienced was awful and that that person was a monster. Um, I don't believe in, um, you know, over forgiveness. You know, I don't believe in um, teaching people to forgive, uh, you know, the, the, this Christian model of like having to forgive someone that, that caused you uh, an atrocious, um, violent act. I believe that you have to find peace in your heart by integrating and reclaiming yourself. And that mm -hmm. person is, is responsible for them. So with that soul wound, for example, right, if you've gone through a traumatic event, that would be one of your soul wounds. And, um, and maybe for those that don't have this kind of big T trauma, and they have this little T trauma, that it can still be as impactful, because everyone has their own experience with things. And I try not to judge things by what they look like on the surface, I judge them by how they impact you internally and in your life. And so if if you went through um, something that maybe it was someone name calling you in school, or you had a teacher that you got a certain uh, energy from her that she thought that you weren't smart and she never called on you, you know, looking at the biggest things to the smallest things in your mind and really analyzing what are those places that have removed your confidence? What are those places that have made you feel less? What are those places where you've been hurt, right? Or the, the thorns have been placed, as I like to say, where have you bled? Mm -hmm. And then, um, 
this is where we gain empowerment because as we start to look at those places, we can start to nurture them. We can start to love them. We can start to look at how do those soul wounds show up in my life? Are those wounds choosing for me? Or is it my true Diosa divine self that's choosing for me? Is this wound the one that's choosing that shitty job or that shitty partner or that shitty dynamic with that person? Or is it my higher self, my, my true divine Diosa self that's choosing? We only know that by looking at those places and getting honest about the love that those places need and the attention that it needs because it's not your fault that those wounds are there. Many of them were done externally towards you by people that were sick and twisted. And so um, they were too fucked up to realize and caused harm as a result of that. And so your job now is to say, well, this isn't my fault. I didn't do anything to cause this, attract this, make this happen. But now I'm left with me. And I, out of everyone, deserve to live a good life, right? Like everyone who's listening, you deserve even more than anyone that hasn't gone through such atrocities to mm -hmm. live a good life because you've suffered so damn much. So I always remind people of that. Like if you've gone through so much, let's look at those soul wounds, not to live in them forever, not to marinate in them and create pain forever, like you said. No, but to thrive, right? To eventually find a, a way to not erase, but to live and learn and to grow with knowing that we can never change the past, but we can start to look at how we can strengthen our personalities and show up in bigger ways. And usually that does require some sort of giving back or some type of sharing our love and sharing our, our teachings. And then the second thing is the soul traps, which is, that was like a later chapter that I kind of put in there because I realized that there were these traps. And one of my biggest inspirations is Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes, who I mention a lot in the book. And She wrote the book, um, Women Who Run With The Wolves. I got to study with her in person. Um, I That's one of my favorite books as well, yeah. The Bible, it's like a woman's Bible. Yeah. She's next level, I love her. Um, I knew she was older. I didn't know how long she was gonna live and I wanted to see and study with her in person. I had the honor of doing that before my book and so she was part of my creative process. And we talked about that and in her book, there's a section where she talks about in some way or another in a different way, but about traps and about expiration dates. And for me, looking at, you know, I mentioned some of the traps in the book, like comfort, right? Like the trap of comfort and seeing how you may have the picture perfect life, right? Or you may have this image of this marriage, but behind closed doors, he's beating you or he's talking down to you or he's emotionally unavailable and he's not present and he's working all the time and you just feel unloved, unseen, or maybe you don't have sex because he's not showing you intimacy in any way, right? There's so many ways that we have temporary comfort and maybe that person is financially providing so you feel safe there and you are scared to embark on this new journey of having to leave everything and start new because it's scary and so I talk about like what is this kind of toxic comfort and the trap mm -hmm. of that toxic comfort versus the the true safety of the comfort that you feel in your spirit when you're doing what's aligned with you and usually that requires risk And usually there's a there's an in-between point between point A and point C. There is point B, which usually requires some sort of death, shedding, letting go of what's familiar, embarking on a new journey, not knowing who the fuck you are, <laughs> rising into new places in your personality that you didn't know you had to look at because you were maybe comforted by someone else, even if they weren't good for you. So really looking at all these different ways, and in the book I go into it more, but 
being able to look at what are those ways that we get trapped and what are the ways that we're not living our vibrant selves and and that we're not being in truth with who we want to be in the world who 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 do we want to be if you've gone through so much which most of us listening have then we owe it to ourselves to give ourselves a new life we owe it because someone did something that really made us have to do double work that we shouldn't have had to do so basically we would have to hustle to do all this healing work for someone else's dumbass mistake for someone else's atrocious behaviors right so this is why I, I, I bring lightheartedness to the fact where it's like, you damn right, we better have a good life. We better have yeah. a magical life after that. <laughs> um, and so this is, this is the concept of the soul wounds and the soul traps and, and the purpose behind why it's important to look at them so that we can rise out of them. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree 100%. And, and I know so many um, survivors who do feel stuck and they do feel depressed because they, they can't seem to figure out why they're stuck, even though they feel like they have, like you said, they may feel like they have the perfect life. And why, why am I not happy? I'm, I'm not, you know, I, sh- I have all the things that society told me I should have by now, but I'm stuck. And, you know, it's really out of that fear of taking those risks. And, and, and I can understand too, because, you know, healing takes energy. It takes work. It takes oh, yeah. strength. It takes courage. Um, and if we feel like life has beaten us down so much, we feel like we just don't have any more to give, right? But yeah. we, what we're not, we think we're giving it to someone else. We're actually giving that to ourselves as a gift. Um, and, and I think that, you know, when I was reading that, I remember coming back to a point when I felt at one point guilty for, you know, leaving the nest, right? Like I was really young and, and feeling like, well, I'm going to go do this thing that I think is right for me. And going against the cultural norm of, you know, staying close to home and, you know, you know, I've always sort of dealt with my guilt by always making sure I helped my mom and, you know, help take care of, you know, whatever she needed and, and stuff like that. But there was this underlying guilt and I realized it was me desperately looking for how to live, like to, to really experience life because for such a long time, I felt like it was it was suffocated out of me. Right. And I was looking for that breath again of, you know, being able to feel like I was alive, you know? Um, And so I I love that you talk about that because people may not realize that they are in these really comfortable, uncomfortable places. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about soul alignment Mm -hmm. because, you know, for many survivors, they like, they feel like they've lost touch with their intuition. They feel like, um, you know, they, they were maybe raised to ignore it. You know, um, you wanted to speak up and you were told not to. And so you just learned to stuff that down. And, you know, you talk about this in the book. Can you share some ways that you can recommend women begin to reconnect with that inner knowing? Yeah, I think one simple thing to do is to begin to, you know, make connection to their body, to the wisdom of their body, where their soul ultimately lives in some form, right? Like our inner gut, our inner knowing and to take time, especially in the beginning, every single day and literally just place your hand on your heart, your belly, your sex organs, whatever feels right for that day and simply ask yourself, what am I feeling? You know, what do I need today? What is it that I I need to feel safe today? What is it that I need to feel happy today? What is it that I need to do to, to nourish myself today? And begin a dialogue. Like even that and starting to know that your soul has a voice I have a client that, that always reminds me, you know, I didn't know my soul had a voice until I worked with you. <laughs> and so 
um, just developing that first step of developing a relationship to your soul because many of us have forgotten. And in the beginning, that's the one that saves your butt, right? That's the one that says, get sober. That's the one that says, you know, go to therapy, buy that book, do that thing, um, step into this part of you more, rise deeper, right? Share your gifts with the world. So first and foremost, take time to just place your hand on your body and to ask yourself, what is it that I need to feel safe today? What is it that I need to feel good today? And then even deeper, right? If you want to get fancy, you can start to do that. You know, let's say if you're a lot of women that come to me, um, were in the dating phase of their relationship, right? And before they went out on a date or after the date, asked themselves, how did that person make me feel? Did I feel safe? Did I feel joyful? Did I, and connecting to the body, not the mind. Mm-hmm. And that's where um, practice makes perfect. It, you're gonna get it wrong in the beginning. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting that you say that because for me, I think when I remember first listening you know, I, I think that throughout my whole, whole life, I've always had that voice really loud. And I always wondered if it was like, I literally thought at one point I was crazy because it would scream at me. And it was like, I felt this compulsion to do this thing that I needed to do. And it would push me to take the risks, you know? And I always thought as someone who considers themselves to be really introverted and someone who's like really quiet and mousy in a big room of people, there's this like push, you know, that I, I I didn't realize was really that soul calling to like, get me out of that comfort zone and push me towards this direction. And I've realized that all of these paths that I've taken throughout my life had left, had always led me in the right direction. So I've learned to start actually listening. And I think for some people, they think that that's what they're supposed to hear. And, but it might be a whisper, right? It might just, it might be be a whisper. It might. And For some people in the beginning, you might not have any of that, right? And you might have to hire people that have that for you to temporarily guide you to remembering Mm. your own, you know, and that's why I think hiring a therapist, hiring someone that's trained as a, you know, spiritual coach or guide that's like of integrity, like sometimes you need people that have that internal gut knowing that can show you, right? And so a lot of times in my work with clients, I'm temporarily lending them an energy, a perspective, a knowing to help them see through things that maybe their wounds are too activated and choosing still to see, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you need that and that's okay too. There's times where, you know, even in business, if you think about it with something that's not as like emotionally charged as like making these big decisions in your personal life, even with business, if you're not, super solid in an area yet you need someone that knows the deal in that specific arena right that knows how to play with those numbers or ask that specific person that's an expert in that until you develop your inner knowing with what's right for business for you and so don't feel bad if you don't have this kind of inner voice yet if you don't even if it's not a whisper it's not a loud voice like I had one too, but I ignored it constantly, right? And so that happens too. Sometimes we have it when we're younger and then we constantly ignore it. And then she's like, well, okay, it gets smaller and smaller, right? So just like anything, it is a muscle that you develop. And if you need help, right, get someone that you genuinely trust, that you feel good with, that you feel safe with to help guide you so that you can bring problems to them and say, hey, I'm confused about this. I have a lot of friends that we do that for each other, right? And we'll make jokes, right? And we'll we'll be like, well, I don't know, but this person looks shockingly similar, like the last person that didn't work out, right? Mm -hmm. Are you missing something here? And it's like, oh yeah, okay, this person, they're missing it because they're too in it to see it. 
Yeah. And it's not that their intuition is not there. It's that it's hidden behind their mind. Their mind is choosing for them, not their spirit. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say placing your hand on your body, breathing, inhaling, exhaling, inhaling, exhaling, and doing that a couple of times until you feel yourself back home in your body. And then asking yourself, what do I know to be true? What, what do I need right now? What does this feel like for me? Does this person feel good? Is this aligned for me? Am I getting my needs met? And you can even practice with small things. Am I thirsty? Do I need to eat? Do I want to go outside right mm. now? And, and, and start to develop this muscle of asking yourself. And this is the ways that we become in alignment when things feel good, when things feel expansive and distinguishing, oh, this is scary, but it's because I'm about to embark on something good for me. Right? Yeah. There's an energy of goodness in that expansion, not fear, um, not like a scary, uh, there's fear, but like a healthy fear. And knowing that is because, well, it feels good. You know, it's orienting you towards your next best version right. um, versus the fear that stops you and is like, hey, girl, like, don't go on that date. This is like, he's not good. Right. Yeah. So playing with that and having fun on your journey as you start to develop that muscle of being in soul alignment. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's so true because you, you start to, I mean, that's something that I've even recently started to realize about myself is um, I have a tendency to become anxious very easily about things. And, and even it's, even when I'm excited about something positive in my body, it shows up as anxiety until I started learning the difference of actually, this is an okay excitement, not an anxiety. But when I, when I was growing up, they were one in the same. And so my body just always developed it as like, oh, this is, you know, what's going on. It just was like an unsafe feeling. Right. So learning to yeah. make that distinction was really important. And it's something that I'm continuing to learn how to do. So, you know, for anyone who's like, I tried it, it didn't work. I just want to encourage you. Maybe it was that, you know, like you said, having a guide, a mentor. Um, yeah. I think that there's so much value in that in tapping into the wisdom I think in this culture, in Western culture, it's like go to school and then like you're off and running, but we yeah. don't like think of, you know, how, where can we source wisdom that can really help us go in that path that we're seeking to go in. And yeah, we that, need that. We need community. Yeah. We need it. And, and we need people that have that wisdom to be able to lend to us in moments when we don't. And, you know, that's, that's, again, this is a we thing, right? This is not like just, and I remind people of that. And that's why I have my sisterhood and my diosa hood and all these, you know, online groups now, but in, you know, pre-COVID in person as well to really remind people that we're lending each other our strength in mm-hmm. moments where we're not going to always be strong at the same time. We're not going to always be like in tune and intuitive. There's going to be times where we're off yeah. and we need people around us as pillars of reminders to orient us back to ourselves and back to our truth. That's why it's so important to realize that you don't have to do it all on your own, nor should you. And getting therapy, getting support, going on a spiritual journey, getting a book, getting a journal, you know, having sisterhood, having community is going to be that protective factor for you. Mm -hmm. And it alleviates some of the pressure that people have of like having to do it all on their own, having to figure this out, having to be like, oh my God, you know, am I doing right? Is this fear? Is this not? And it's like, no, you don't need to figure it all on your own, you know? And we've we've had so many pieces of our culture of like this community aspect of elders giving wisdom and sharing space and teaching people things. And those are certain spiritual initiations that we've missed 
And because of that, we end up feeling like we're bad or wrong. Um, you know, we're not doing it right. But really, mm -hmm. it's because we're missing that community. We're missing that love. And for many of us, if we didn't get that nurturing from our families in the safe ways that we needed, we especially need to have healthy places that are role models, really, for the parenting that you didn't have. And then mm -hmm. we begin to parent ourselves in the ways that we needed, right, that we needed that we didn't have. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, I love that. And I think that's the perfect way to wrap it up because um, I want people to buy the book. I don't want to keep giving too much away. There's just so much gold in here. I just thank you so much for writing it. It's truly a My gift pleasure. to the world. And it's an audiobook too. I tell that to people. For those of you that have the ability for hearing, um, the, uh, the, the written book, the hardcover, Sometimes if you sign up for Audible, you get free credits. Um, if not, I highly recommend that if that combination of the hardcover and the audiobook, I do the reading. Um, I narrate the audiobook myself. And then keeping a journal and a pen by your side, you can even take it to the therapy office with you to process and unpack. Take your time. You know, it's, a, it's like a workbook because you have to mm -hmm. do exercises and and really give yourself this opportunity to to ask yourself questions and complicated answers and and really get to know yourself and know that as you do this you're doing this so that you can step into the person that you're meant to be yes yes i love that and like i said i will put all those links um as well i'm an audiobook listener as well and i um i wanted to get the hardcover um, I like having both. So I'm going to definitely get the, the audio just so that I can listen to it again, because um, I think it also makes such a difference when it's the author themselves, right? Oh, yeah. uh, reading it. So I love that it's you. Um, and what is happening with you for 2021? I mean, obviously, I know that you're expecting a baby and that's going to probably change <laughs> yeah. your life and take up a lot of your time. But do you have any other projects coming up this year? Or are there any retreats in the maybe 2022? Like what's what's in the the pipeline for you? Yeah. So obviously I am an entrepreneur, right? A spiritual entrepreneur. And so um, my main focus is really growing the Viosa hood. Um, that is my membership program. It's $33.99. So anyone that wants spiritual community, that support I was talking about, um, like-hearted women that are really loving you and, and encouraging you and getting that support, meditations, group coaching with me, that's really where I'm pouring my energy into and, and creating that space because we need it. And especially with COVID, we're mm -hmm. more isolated than ever before. Um, but having that digital support so that people from all over the world can connect. The second thing is um, continuing to share the message of my book and developing um, some sort of online program that goes with it mm. and um, that takes people live with me on a journey um, that allows people to have like some sort of at-home retreat and I have my mastermind that already is uh, on its last kind of uh, enrollment right now in, in January. I might launch another version of that. That's my mentorship for uh, mostly women of color that are wanting to launch their spiritual business in the world and help them make mm -hmm. money and, and do aligned things with their spirit. So I have a lot of things cooking up, corporate, corporate wellness. Um, I have products. I have beautiful I am Diosa products that are going to be coming out again that are gorgeous and I'm super excited about them. But really it's about um, continuing to do the work that I always do. You know, I always say it's the same, same, but just different forms. Because mm. what I do is I help people to remember their worth, period. Yes, yes, yeah. I love that. And I also want to just, um, about your mastermind, I think it's amazing that you're doing that because 
we really need more integrity in the spiritual wellness space. Oh, yeah. um, and that's such an important part. And especially as you say, representation matters. And if you're, you're looking for mentors that represent who you are, that makes a huge difference. So I know for myself, um, I have a, a business mentor that I work with who is Latina and it's, it, you know, I couldn't imagine doing it with anyone else. And, and I've been in other spaces that are so helpful, you know, very different. And it's very either male dominated or white dominated spaces that, um, you know, don't really, I can't really fully relate to. So I think that makes such a huge difference. So I love that you, you have that practice as well. Well, thank you so much for taking thank the time you. today. And uh, I just wish you the best. I love your book. I will definitely continue promoting it. And um, how can people connect with you if they want to work with you or join your membership? I, and of course, I will add all of these to the show notes, but how would you, what is your preferred way for people to connect with you? Yeah, you can go to my website, uh, christineg.tv, and you'll see all the offerings there. Get on my newsletter so you can be in the loop. And then I'm really active on Instagram. It's like my favorite place to hang out. I like posting stories and my posts. So um, Cosmic Christine on Instagram. And the beautiful photos that your husband takes of you. Oh my God, he takes the best. <laughs> it's just it's amazing. Like, like I was bonus. scrolling through his Instagram this morning. I was like, oh my, like, I just want to transport myself into those photos. They're just gorgeous. Yeah, he does, he does photo therapy is what I call it. He takes mm -hmm. people on a, captures people's souls really. So yeah, soul portraits. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Well, so for anyone listening, we would love to know what your biggest takeaways were. Uh, what did you walk away with? Will you pick up the book? And if you already have the book, I would love to know what was your favorite part? What really helped you or transformed you? We would love to know. So please, uh, you know, listen to the episode, screenshot it, tag us on Instagram, recommend it to others, let them know, because, you know, this is really all about healing, reclaiming our power, stepping into our greatness and our divinity and, you know, knowing that we are able to thrive and it's possible for all of us. So thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Don't miss the next episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And I would be so grateful if you took one minute to post a five-star rating and reviews on iTunes so that others can also find this information. I will be shouting you out and thanking you on the next episode. If you found this useful, be sure to share it with others as well. Let's continue to create consent culture, one conversation at a time. Stay empowered.